Hello, I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley, and I'm her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Heidi and I want to welcome you to Open to Hope Conversations, the podcast. We believe that the greatest gift you can give yourself after a loss is hope, using this moment to connect with others who have not only survived, but thrived. So let's get started. Welcome to the Open to Hope show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my daughter and co-host. Dr. Heidi Horsley. Well, Heidi, we have got a great friend on this show today, somebody we've known for a yeah. long time, Dave Roberts. And we're going to talk about his journey. And we have another guest who is going to be on with him who is involved in his transformation. So you want to introduce them, Heidi? I would love to. Dave Roberts, also known as Bootsy. so dave goes way back with us we've known each other for many many years and he's here with his dear friend reverend patty farino who basically changed and transformed his life after his loss so it's it's a really fascinating story we are going to talk like you said mom about one man's spiritual transformation dave is a professor he's a writer and a workshop presenter his daughter janine died of cancer at 18 years old And he recently co-authored a book with Patty called When the Psychology Professor Met the Minister. There it is. I just read it. You see it? It's a a really, really fascinating read. So we'll be talking today about this. Um, Reverend Patty Farino chooses to walk a sacred path, obtaining wisdom from a variety of spiritual leaders. She attended a two-year program of study at the New Seminary in New York City and was ordained an interfaith minister at St. John the Divine Cathedral, which is my favorite cathedral almost in the world, but definitely in New York City. It's phenomenal. So welcome to the show, Dave and Patty. You met up with Patty how many years ago? It was uh, 2010. We actually met August 25th prior to our Beyond Words conference. We shared our stories. We shared our, our journeys up until that point. I shared um, my story about Janine with her, and she shared her stories, particularly working very closely with the parents at Angel of Hope. So it was a, it was just a very serendipitous meeting, which got even more, um, more fascinating as, as time went on. He was gone seven years, seven years. Seven she years. had died okay. March first, two thousand and three. She had been, okay. you know, she'd um, been in her new existence for. Uh, you know, for seven years, and I met Pat after that. We mm-hmm. know you. We know you're a psychologist. We know you were in um, treatment for uh, drug abuse and alcohol, and, and it impacted many, many people's lives. And you had a full thing going. It had been mm-hmm. seven years. So what to me is fascinating is how we knew you and how you moved in to make change and grow Mm-hmm. In, in this whole thing after seven years. Yeah. What I discovered, uh, Glory and Heidi, is that there's always room for growth in anything that we mm-hmm. do, particularly in grief. Um, my beginning of my quest for spiritual transformation began solely with a simple statement of intent. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were driving after the Beyond Words conference with three other dear friends, Carla Blowy, Mitch Carmody, and also... Um, Sharon Strauss and they were having this very intense spiritual conversation backseat of my Subaru and I looked up to the sky and said I want to be where they are mm-hmm. I said I, I, all I wanted was to have a, 
uh, you know, be able to take my grief journey to another level. And one thing led to another. Um, Ron Volano, and we all know, had mm -hmm. um, called had a, um, a workshop called "Embracing the Power of Change," which was occurring in November in Long Island. And Heidi and I were at that. Where we sat next, we sat next to each other mm -hmm. in that yeah. entire workshop. And it was called "Embracing the Power of Change," and that's that came up on my BlackBerry phone just out of the blue. Wow. And I'm thinking somebody's nudging me to do something. I don't know <laughs> mm -hmm. what yet, but the universe is nudging me somewhere. So in the meantime, and I have to backtrack and I'll try to keep this short, but back in September, I think it was September 3rd, maybe she saw this brilliant rainbow over route 17 in New Jersey. And she heard a voice in her head that said, I need you to talk to my father. Wow. Now, one of the most magnificent signs I got from Janine was a year earlier with a double rainbow in my backyard. I'm getting chills just talking about this. Okay. Um, and so Patty sees me at the Beyond Words conference, hugs me. She goes, I saw a rainbow. I think it's from your daughter. And I, and I was just so beat. I didn't even recognize the magnitude of that, nor what was to come. So in the embrace, the, going back to November, I had talked to, to Patty and Patty said, look, if you want to come down to Long Island, I'll show you my Long Island. She picked me up and um, we went and we went to Jones Beach. We went to Ron Volano's um, presentation and Pat was also there as a volunteer with Angel of Hope. We went back to the her house and that's when all the magic began. And that's when that was the beginning of, of my transformation. That was a beginning that night. I know you've made some changes and the book talks about this experience and everything that you had. Let me ask you, how have people responded? You know, it's been interesting because Pat and I both sat on this experience for 10 years for a lot of different reasons. Pat has always been private. She's always wanted to be private with, you know, what, how she sees the world, how, and, and how she relates to the world. Um, you know, and for me, I sat on this because in the world of science, as you know, sometimes individuals who are firmly grounded in science won't right. believe the type of experience that I've had. But interestingly, the response has been, been very supportive. There's been more questions in terms of um, how can I have this type of experience for myself? How can I make these connections for myself? Which is what we talk about in the book is that we don't need we can we can learn to make our own connections with our loved ones through you know developing continuing bonds through a lot of variety of different ways where we can just invite our loved ones in so you know the, the response has been unbelievably supportive um you know we've we've gotten an, a, a nice review on amazon from a woman in canada um we've connected with a with a woman in england who also has had a very similar experience with with her brother who's read our book and has been very positive about it. So very, we're very thankful with the early response we've gotten so far. And what we want to have happen with this book is to give both present and future generations a roadmap where we can integrate psychology and spirituality to help individuals go through challenges of any kind related to grief due to death, grief not due to death, or just through any type of transitions in their lives where they can find comfort 
and become empowered in the process. Well, like you said, Dave, I think it is comforting because one of the takeaways for me was with through your work with Patty that that you you really realized beyond a shadow of a doubt that that uh, Janine was still very much with you, mm-hmm. and that your your relationship, although wasn't the same as it was when she was on the earth because she wasn't physically present. She was present in many other ways. Yep. And, and the thing with signs too, and I, and I, I had, you know, I recognized signs, but the thing is, is there, even seven years down the road, the signs were in a way bittersweet because it was a reminder that yes, she was present, but it also was a reminder that she was not physically with me on earth. So it always had that bittersweet peace. Mm-hmm. But then when I met Pat, I understood that signs can be the foundation for building a relationship in spirit with our loved ones and maintaining those continuing bonds. That's what I was missing. That's what my soul was looking for when I cried out to the universe. I want to be where they are. I want to, and that's that's like the foundation for it. And then from there, it just is just and evolved. Then, and then you found out you are where they are. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Pretty absolutely. much. So, yeah. Pat, talk to us about you and and mm-hmm. how did you get into this field and what were you doing before you went to uh, divinity school? As a child, I always had um, what I call my uh, my sacred friends. I was brought up in a Catholic household, and Jesus was real to me. He was really, truly in my head. I could ask questions and he would respond. It was always a give and take relationship. I looked at that as it was as though it was faith. Then when I would go in my backyard and sit on the swings, I would have two Indians, which they told me to call them native elders. I'd never heard the term. I was a child. I'd never yeah. heard the term in my Catholic household, native elders. And then there were two men that were in robes that were bald-headed men. I called them my bald, bald-headed friends. <laughs> they, then I found out years later, they were Buddhist monks. They would come in my, you know, the best way to explain is they would come to visit me. Whenever I talked about it around my family, um, it seemed strange. I looked like I was odd. So um, my spirit friend said to me, you need to discern, you need to be careful who and what you say anything to. I had experiences all through my life when my grandmother passed away at the funeral mass. I heard her and saw a light come up from the coffin mm-hmm. and around the church. It was a church in Glencoe, that's where I was brought up. It was the old um, St. Hyacinth's church. And I saw a light and I heard her specifically telling me things to tell my mother but because my family remember that I I was born in 1961 so this was the 1960s this was not something that was thought of in a logical manner it was odd it was strange um people would look at you as though you're mentally retarded if you speak on that level back in the 60s Then once I married my husband, um, my husband was the first one that started explaining and and acknowledging and validating that what I had was truly a gift. I'm hearing this and it's resounding with me. What's my first step? Let me ask each of you that. What I say is first acknowledge when you see something that you feel could be a sign and acknowledge to your loved one 
and, and let them know that you're receiving the sign because that's the beginning of any relationship is, it, it, and I always say to people, what, that's why we have it in the background. What do you believe? Mm -hmm. Because the question is, one thing that I saw with all the years of doing the angel of hope is the grief is all consuming. It, it, it's very heavy. But the way I tried to work with parents when I was at the angel of hope, I would ask them, well, what you believe happens to you when you pass away? And if you passed away first, would you want to contact your child and your husband and your family members and let them know you're okay? And how would you do it? Through a song on the radio, through a penny, through a dime, through a cardinal. And once you begin that relationship, it opens up to, wow, how could there be more communication? I don't go around, I never like the term psychic or medium, because those are new age. Those were put together by more of um, entertainment. A minister truly walks a sacred path and wants to do it to empower each person to embrace what they believe. Mm -hmm. And as an interfaith minister, that's what Rabbi Gelberman taught us back in that seminary all those years ago. He said, you should look at your faith and not learn others instead of, but in addition to what you know mm. and expand your beliefs. So if you feel that you're receiving a sign from your child or a loved one, embrace that and then look to begin a new relationship. Take it step-by-step. Tave step. Um, created some different um, workshops and ideas, pieces of me, things to help people to do it on a very simple level. And then we're hoping that the next generations, that they're not gonna get caught in that, oh, it's baloney. They are still here. We are spiritual beings that inhabit this form to be a human being. And that's, that's the essence of the spirituality. It's also in different religions. That's why I wanted to learn other religions because within my Catholicism, I could only see it in the form of um, saints. And believe me, I grew up in the 80s. I was not a saint. <laughs> you know, I, I was around during the 60s, 70s, and 80s. And I never saw myself as anything special. But the fact that I had this awareness, and now that we're in 2000 and 2012 hit, there are so many individuals. And I say individuals, people all ages, that their awareness is opened up. And that's because of what's going on in the universe. It's time. It's mm -hmm. time to become a better world. And that's just it's, how I see it. I think for me, I think I would probably, I would echo what Patty said about everything with signs and their role in relationships and to embrace it and to, and, but, it, but where, where I would, would come off is where I would expand on that is in terms of our beliefs we can embrace different perspectives without abandoning our core beliefs. I'm still firmly grounded in science, but sometimes embracing perspectives that are different. Um, for some people, they believe that, well, I, I need to, to abandon my core beliefs and you don't need to do that. You can simply 
add perspectives that are in addition to your core beliefs and integrate those very, you know, very uh, seamlessly. So I would echo what Pat said about signs and their roles and relationships. And once you understand that, open yourself up to different perspectives. Open yourself up to uh, to working with, say, a shamanistic holistic practitioner with or with past life experiences. Do ancestral healing. Embrace shadow work where you can integrate the in and the end of your existence to, to achieve wholeness. And, um, you know, so, so once you begin to open yourself up to different ways of relating to the universe, your life will never be the same again. You're gonna, you know, continue to explore, but add to your core beliefs. You don't have to, to abandon your core beliefs to, to embrace new ones. So you've worked as a drug and alcohol addiction counselor for what, 20 years you did? Mm-hmm, 27. Did this, ex- 27 years, so you're an expert in this area. Did this experience you had with Patty change your thoughts around drug and alcohol addiction? Yes, it did, particularly in terms of embracing more spiritual interventions with individuals with substance use disorders. So essentially, and one of the things that Patty exposed me to was Native American teachings of uh, animals and nature. Mm-hmm. And so I would start routinely with individuals with uh, substance use disorders, start bringing out the animal cards with Jamie Sams and have them trust their intuition to pick the card that was drawn to, they were drawn to, we would look at the teachings and I would say, okay, does this resonate? And they say, yeah, this is this. And so we would utilizing those particular teachings, I would have them ask questions in terms of, okay, how can you utilize these teachings mm. to enhance your sobriety? And particularly with individuals with histories of multiple relapses, one of the things we need to look at is, is what beliefs are still keeping them stuck. Mm-hmm. And typically that type of spiritual perspective, which is something that they would not get in a traditional rehab setting, they resonate with because it gives one, they, they're empowered to trust their intuition. And secondly, they begin to, to be to self-diagnose and they begin to, they're, they're empowered to understand their own, their own um, addiction. What occurs to me um, is this, if you are listening to or watching this show right now, you may have been drawn to do this. Mm-hmm. And that's interesting mm-hmm. in and of itself. I want to ask how people can get a hold of you, Dave. I mean, if they want to get in touch with me, they can get in touch with me through one or two ways. Um, or actually, they're probably the best way because if they, if they want to work with either me or Pat, they can do psychologyprofessorandminister at gmail.com. We also have a website, psychologyprofessorandminister.com, which is also dedicated to the book. So they can get in touch with us that way. They can find me on, they can find me on Facebook. Patty, are you doing, are you working with people? Is there some special yes. site where yes. they can uh, get no. you guys? Yeah, we're, we're um, if anybody would like to contact us to work to, you know, to work with me, they can go to the uh, website um, when the psychology professor met the minister um, as well, because there's the contact page and we set up the email address. Okay. Through that. okay. Thank you both for being on and uh, th- congratulations on your new book and you can get it on Amazon, I'm sure, right? As well as your website. Yes. Thanks yes. again for being on hey. the show today. Great to see you again. Yeah, Great thank you, you Patty and Dave. Now. Thank you both. Thank you for helping people You're... transform their their lives after loss and transform their grief and You're... find hope You're... again.
Thanks everybody for uh, joining us on the show today. And Heidi and I always want to remind you that if you've lost hope, please lean on ours until you find your own and God bless. I'm Dr. Heidi Horsley. You have been listening to Open to Hope, the podcast. You can follow Open to Hope on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. To learn more, visit us at opentohope.com and go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe. I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley. Join us again next week for another Open to Hope conversation where we invite you to lean on our hope until you find your own.